0: Hi everyone, I'm Ari Meglin, here with Rachel Poley, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. We are on episode 105, and this week's question is, what should you include at the front of your book? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, so you never miss a show. And if you enjoy our episode, do give it a like, write a review, and share it with friends. Okay, so we're talking about the front matter, which is the pages at the front of the book before the story actually starts. So let's cover the most important one, and that is the copyright notice. So this should always be in a book and it should be at the front. I think there's like a there's usually a cover page first, like a title page for the novel, and then you'll have the copyright page. So first of all, you need you'll actually have to have the word copyright and then that little symbol with the C inside a circle, then the year that's being published and your name. If you're using a pen name, use that name. If you actually copyright your work with a copywriting office, do know that you need to copyright with both names, your real name and your pen name. However, just be aware that you will automatically get copyright of your work as soon as you produce it. If you produce original work, it is copyrighted to you automatically. Obviously, going to a copyright office gives you a bit more protection, but you do have to pay for that. And obviously, every country is different with the requirements. Just a note. Okay, after that, you need your rights reserved notice. You've probably seen that in books where it's like all rights reserved no part of this publication may be reproduced, distributed, transmo- transmitted in any form, blah, 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 blah. Now you can just put all rights reserved or you can put a larger section. There are templates out there that will give you all the details that you can have. So, but honestly, all rights reserved is okay as well. So you might want to just check some of the different templates to see what sort of thing you think would work best for yours next you want your ISBN number when you are publishing a book you should always get an ISBN number and you will need a different one for each format so that is paperback hardback ebook so what you can do is you can put on the ISBN the number and then in brackets paperback hardback you can list them all that way every single uh, copyright page has the details on it I believe you can add them all if you're in America you would probably want to put in the Library of Congress control number. This is a US thing. I don't know much about it, because obviously, I'm from the UK. But if you are American, and you're writing a book and getting it published, you will want to look into that and sort that number out. You probably want some form of disclaimer. That's that little part that says, you know, any references to historical events, real people, real places is fictitious. You know, names and places are produced from the the author's imagination. And it's not anyone living or dead, blah, blah, blah. That is obviously to cover you. But obviously, I have to say this, putting that disclaimer on and then writing a book where it's kind of obvious that you have used people or places, even if you've changed it a bit, is not actually as much protection as you think. The rule of thumb is don't use real people in a fictitious work, especially if you're making them like look bad or could be considered libelous. <laughs> There have been people who've been caught out like that they're trying to get revenge on someone or they've just tried to be a bit funny or clever that little disclaimer it's to help but it is not a legal protection (laughs) just be aware next you probably want credit information so that is whoever did your cover art book design formatter things like that it's good to put their details in there you might want to put printing edition and I think if you're using a publishing house, you would probably put the publishing address. And then finally, I think you can put your website. I think that's all you need on it. As I said, there are really good templates out there, but you, you wanna make sure you have the, the important stuff. You wanna make sure you've got rights reserved. You wanna make sure you've got your ISBN number and you wanna make sure you've got the, the copyright notice that might have like a disclaimer or anything like that in. Yeah, do not scrimp on the copyright page. That's important in your book. <laughs> And if if you want to be really, like, how how boring I can be, uh, the alt code for the copyright symbol is alt 0169 and it will bring up the little copyright C without you having to find it. Just a little thing I know. (laughs) A little thing everybody should know. (laughs) because I worked in in a company that made original products and obviously had copyright and I was forever having to do it and I was always having to go insert you know a special (laughs) character and I got so sick of it I started to learn all this like ASCII ASCII coding (laughs) and it's like you're talking when I was 18 I am 40 and I still remember these codes it's just in there now the useful code I should say exactly uh, but yeah, so that's that's your first one. You want to make sure you get in. I did mention there's a title page. That's literally the name of the book. Again, maybe with a little bit of like decoration and font. But after that, it's your, your copyright page. So make sure you get that. Lots of templates. Go and find it and get that sorted. Over to you, Rachel.
1: Yes, there are a ton of different h- templates. And one of the things you can actually do is find books that you already own and open up their copyright pages and just... I mean, it sounds a little backwards to copy other people's copyright pages, but uh, you're just copying the format of it. No biggie. Or the best way to go about it is to go to like a copyright office or a lawyer or whatever and have them do it for you. Um, One other thing that you should include with your copyright page is the edition number. Sometimes people, they'll publish their book and then they'll like republish it a year later. This is common with people that self-publish and then their book gets picked up by a traditional publisher. So it's always nice to add like the edition number um, if they fix any typos or anything like that. So that's just something, another little tidbit so that people know that they have the current edition of the book. Next, something else that you can add to your front matter is acknowledgements. I feel like I commonly see this as the back matter, so it's after at the end of the book. But you can add it at the beginning of your book as well. And the acknowledgements are pretty much just the thank yous. It's the author writing a note thanking their editor, their book cover artist, their publisher, their beta readers, their regular readers, anybody who, you know, bought the book. Some authors kickstart their books some authors have patreon pages or coffee pages and so they say thank you to all of those people as well so that's pretty much what it is it's just a letter from the author saying thank you and
0: listing names of people who helped them make the book possible i have to admit most of the books i read it was always at the beginning and then i think i read a few yas and i noticed they were starting to put them in the back now i don't know if that's a trend or whether I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it was a trend or whether it's just something like people prefer to put it at the back. I actually like it at the front myself because I found I actually read the acknowledgements of a book if it was at the front. If I got to the end, unless there was like an epilogue, I never went past the end of the story and I never really cared to read the acknowledgements. But I did like reading them at the beginning. I like to find out who the author was thanking and all the people who helped make the book possible. I am one of those people. I will read it. But only if it's at the front of the book. So if you're writing a book and you want me to read it, put that Acknowledgements at the front and I will read it. I actually only read the Acknowledgements if I really, really enjoyed the book. Ah, so you'd want it at the end. Yeah, I otherwise I skip right over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see, so that's it. It's like, do you want someone to read the Acknowledgements? Depends on who it is. So there really, there's no right or wrong place to put it then, if it's from back. No because no. it's funny i
1: i typically see them at the end of the book so you said that you mostly see them at the front
0: yeah maybe that's another difference between the us and the uk I it don't know. could be yeah or it could be like older books like compared to newer books it's i can't I, I feel like it's been such a long time since I, I actually read anything unnoticed where it was but i do remember at the beginning i would have i would see acknowledgements i think if you have a long acknowledgement like several pages put it at the back mm. you shouldn't fill up your 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 front matter with lots of acknowledgement pages. And I right, I appreciate if there's a lot of people who went into it. I, I understand that. But I've seen them where they've whiffled on for ages and then said like, oh, my reading group and uh, my writing group and my family and these few people. And um, and they have literally whiffled and then threw a few more names in and then whiffled a bit more. And it's like, you know what? You could have cut most of that. You know, your editor should have looked at your acknowledgements because it's gone on for too long. So I'd say keep it short, sweet, But remember people, remember people who supported you right at the beginning. It doesn't have to be someone straight away like beta reading your stuff. It could literally be some cheerleader you've had going, yeah, we think you're going to be great. That's it. I think one thing with (laughs) acknowledgements, I think you should always be making notes of who's been helping you throughout. I would be careful of listing like every name. Like I'm fine if you say like beta readers or writing group only because all it takes is you to miss one person's name off. And whoo, that can go bad. People get really offended. It's like, how was that beta reader? And if you had a lot of beta readers or critique partners or parts of your street team, at least if you say like, to my street team, you're kind of covered. But if you start listing your 20 street team members and you miss one, that's not going to go well. And people who feel like ignored or missed off can be quite vocal about it. So yeah, just, just a thought. That, that's an
1: excellent point yeah gotta be careful of that yeah <laughs> especially I know like it's it's a popular like Patreon reward for people to be like your name will be listed under the acknowledgements in my book when it's published and uh depending on how many patrons you have as I already said keep it short and sweet that could really make it long yeah that's it
0: I, it's like I think that's it's nice having someone's name there but it's a bit too excessive especially if you're like if you say like 20 or 30 patrons and they'll are like, I'll write them all out it's like mm-hmm. no no that's not i don't yeah. actually think that's a very good reward to give on patreon unless it's like a really high tier and where you're only going to get a few people maybe right yeah <laughs> although people love it though it works <laughs>
1: people love having their seeing their name written in somebody else's book
0: you know people are weird <laughs> <laughs> they like to see their name in someone else's book unless you write them in and then kill them off or right yeah we've talked about that don't do that in don't go using real people obviously real people Mm -hmm. you know unless it's a patreon (laughs) reward yes because
1: that's that's also a reward some people are like if you if you pledge this amount of money i will name a character out after you yeah (laughs) and people love that as well so who knows i have seen that don't have a patreon or a coffee page or anything like that then this
0: clearly doesn't apply (laughs) (laughs) I do. I, I was reading the series and I, and one of the things I noticed was when I read the acknowledge, which, which I was, I'm sure were in the front, they had like a reading group, a writing group where obviously they would read their stories to each other and get feedback. And as I was reading the series, I noticed a lot of the like background characters who were mentioned, who would have little very small roles, all had names from them. So they actually, the author used their writing group and plopped their names in for the background characters that went through the whole series. And it was really nice because obviously there's only like four or five. But I thought that was, it wasn't like the full name it was like the first name or maybe just their last name. But it was a really nice little like a nod to like, thank you for helping me. I thought that was yeah, it's a nice, nice tribute. Yeah yeah definitely okay so let's move on Uh, another one that you don't have to have is dedications that's usually a purge either before or after the acknowledgments it's usually very small just like a couple of lines or a sentence it's like this book is dedicated to you know mom and dad to my partner to my wife to my children to the barista down the street who always made my coffee well whatever you can dedicate it to, to whoever you want you could dedicate it to your readers, you could make that quite funny, you could make it quite touching. I've seen people where they've dedicated it to family members who've passed away or friends who've passed away. Again, it's a weird one and I do like dedications, I like reading dedications. It's one of those things where depending on who you have as friends and family, say you said, oh dedicated to my, my parents and my siblings, that's okay. If you're like, "Well, oh, dedicated to my friend, blah blah blah. If that's your first book, you may end up with family members going, oh, I didn't, I see I wasn't in the dedications. And the same if you put a friend in there, then other friends can come. I know I appreciate I'm literally going on about all the bad things and people getting upset, but it happens. It really happens. People get kind of bothered if they're not in someone's book in that way. But obviously you don't want (laughs) to, you don't want your dedication to turn into an acknowledgement where you're listing thousands of people. So I think it's best to either, if you're going to do, a dedication try maybe one or two people or if it's like a family group like you know my husband and children or my children or, or my fam my immediate not immediate fam but my family i wouldn't go listing loads of names a dedication should really be just to one or two people or to a, a small group that works i think if you're listing lots of names because you don't want to offend someone who might be missed <laughs> that's what acknowledgments are for put them in there <laughs> as a group you know to all my friends There you go.
1: Right. I was just going to say that's what the acknowledgements are for. If you want to like have a big group of people, acknowledgements, just like one, two, maybe three people, dedications. The dedications I do read, I like reading those because sometimes authors can get pretty silly with them and have fun with it. Uh, I think there was one book that I saw. I can't remember the name or the author. My apologies. But there was a book where the dedication just said, Hi, mom. And like, that was it. And I'm like, that's such a funny thing to do. It's so cliche, but like, how many times have TV shows and movies been like, hey mom, look, I'm on TV. And it was just, that's what made me think of it. It was just like, hey mom, I'm in a book. Um, <laughs> so you can you can very well like just have fun with it. And it's funny that you mentioned dedicating your book to your favorite barista because I've honestly thought of doing that for my mystery series because that book started in Barnes and Noble and the Barnes and Noble cafe members, like we recognize each other. We know each other. Cause I used to go there every week before COVID. They've been there since the beginning. And it's just like, there's like three or four of them that I would totally call out in the dedication and just be like, you're the one that fueled this book pretty much. Forget the people that read it and beta read it and helped me actually write the damn thing. Uh, no, they gave me coffee, so they win. Dedications are a competition, people. You want to some, be in somebody's dedication,
0: <laughs> you got to get on their good side, or get on their bad side. Because I think I, I think I saw. I didn't see it in the book itself. I think someone mentioned it on like a blog where it was something like dedicated to my third grade English teacher who said I'd never make a good writer. And things like that. So. Yes. <laughs> So, so it's either be really good or really bad and you might be someone's dedication. Mm-hmm. I, My guidance
1: counselor, when I was in high school, uh, when I was going through all my anxiety issues and we were talking about college and I was like, I am at the point right now where I don't want to go to college. Like the school system has failed me. I don't want to have anything to do with college. And she told me, if you want to be a writer, then you're no what did she say she was like she goes you're delusional if you think you can be a writer without going to college and she called my house that afternoon like after I got home there was a message on my machine and she was saying I need to see Rachel tomorrow morning I said something that I shouldn't have and I feel awful about it so she did apologize to me the next morning but that comment I mean that was when I was 16 I'm 28 now like that comment still is in my head yeah like I don't I don't think I would ever dedicate a book to her but at the same time I'd be like hey look at me <laughs>
0: that's it though it's like you do you sometimes it, it it's necessary <laughs> you kind of like dig in it's like ha, ha, ha. right you said exactly. I yeah. what are the odds of them ever seeing it but
1: at the same time it's like good satisfaction for yourself
0: you could always send it to them circle it you you can that is true people have done that (laughs) I mean to be honest if I dedicated a book to someone I would probably give a copy of it free like so if I had a barista or a coffee a cafe owner who had been fueling me up with the best tea and cake I would probably dedicate it to them and then hand them a a free copy of the book hoping that they would read it and like it Uh, Right. would you want to give a free copy to someone who annoys you so much that they went into an angry dedication I don't know I know that is see I feel like that would be a little mean but you know you get your satisfaction from the dedication and that's it that's true actually I'm I'm gonna be annoying I keep I keep doing all the bad things but this is where (laughs) my brain goes people if you think we're we're very positive (laughs) on the Merry Writer podcast because we're very merry (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, don't be fooled by that title that was just a ridiculous (laughs) ridiculous name we came up with it's like if you are in a new relationship and you decide that your debut book is going to be dedicated to that partner in that new relationship that can go badly I am not saying that everyone's new relationship is going to tank could go forever you could get you know grow old together and it could be the perfect thing but not always and the last thing you want to do is on a, a dedication especially your first book is to like throw in a, oh yeah to my new partner who i've been with for like 2 months it's like no i personally think that is a bad idea and i appreciate someone's going to come in the comments and be like yeah but you could be married for 40 years and it could end true it could and maybe it should be don't dedicate <laughs> your book to husbands, wives, partners, anything. I'm just saying I would be more careful about a first book, especially if it's a new relationship or you've had rocky moments, just because the last thing you want to do is if your relationship does tank and you're looking at your, you know, your awesome book, your book, baby, your first one, and you've always going to have that, you know, to the love of my life. And it's like, no, nope. Just a thought. See, i just, uh, this is what happens when you hit 40. All these truth bombs of oh things might be bad, you know. It's it's actually again it's funny that
1: you say this because my ex, I, like we still talked for a little bit after we had broken up, and he he was a huge support of my writing up until we broke up. So when I self published my first book, like a few weeks later, he we were I was talking to him about it, and he he went, oh yeah, I forgot you did that thing, and I'm like. I've only been slaving over this for years. And like, this is me trying to create a career out of it. And you're like, I forgot you did that thing. So speaking of being like petty and stuff, uh, just (laughs) next dedication. Yes, I did the thing. (laughs) No names, (laughs) but yes, I did the thing. (laughs) So yeah, that, I mean, that is a good point. Like you don't want to dedicate. I mean, granted at the time, I will say this at the time, whether you're in a relationship with somebody or you and a friend have a falling out or something like that, they were a part of your life and they're a part of your history. So if you do dedicate your book to them and then you no longer talk to them, the memories are still there. Even if it ended on a bad note, you can still remember that like at one point in my life, this person was an important person to me. That's why I dedicated this book to them. Got to start spinning this around.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if if it doesn't, bother you as much too much or if I said it ends you know well or anything that's fine but yeah it's I say that as someone who similar to yourself when I first started writing out with with somebody else they were very supportive and if I'd have published back then I probably would have put them in it it actually ended amicably ish and then kind of tanked after that surprisingly because we had a house and everything and things just got messy so I think by now it would be like I would have been pissed if I'd have done that. So I'm glad I didn't. But this is me saying that, knowing that my dedication in my book that will eventually be coming out eventually will be to my partner. (laughs) So we just we just make our own rules up. But yeah, I mean we've been together a very long time. So I feel comfortable doing that. But yeah, as I said, early relationship, maybe don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, it pretty you just gotta use your best judgment, long
1: story short, as we've gone on and on about dedications. So you know what, I'm going to like take the wheel away from dedications and I'm going to talk about maps. Depending on what genre you write in, maps are a very good thing to include in your front matter. Uh, For example, like if you write fantasy and you've built this brand new, beautiful, elaborate world that no one has ever heard of before, no one's ever seen before, especially like if it's a debut story, then having a map is certainly helpful. Like if your characters are traveling a lot, it's great to see at the beginning so that way the readers can tell, okay, this is, this is like this huge world that I'm about to get myself into. It's a nice incentive for them to start reading the book. It gives them a l- more visual idea of what the world actually looks like and where the characters will be going. And it's just pretty. I mean, that's pretty much like why I enjoy maps. Like when I'm reading the book and it says, you know, Timmy and Tommy went from point A to point B, I don't flip back to the front and look at the map and be like, okay, let's see where point A is compared to point B. I don't do that. I just like looking at the
0: maps because they're pretty, but it's useful in other aspects. (laughs) I'll tell you what I'd like to see more of. Because I am the same, I love maps. And I will always take my time when I first open a book, if there's a map, to sort of study it. I really like that. I'd like to see them in some sci-fi. I'd like to see a star map, or, you know, like if you've got planets or like a space station and then like have next to the planet, the name of the planet, and then like X number of light years away from this place, blah, blah, blah. It is something known to be in fantasy books. But you can do it in other things. You can do it in historical fiction. You can do it in sci-fi. So yeah, don't feel like if you're writing a sci-fi that you can't stick a map in there. Put some maps in there. I want to see some star maps. I want to see some planetary alignments and things. You know, I want you to circle the ones that are like not in the Alliance. I don't know. I just want to see it. I I know, that'd be pretty. Seriously. You know what else
1: I would love to see? A map throughout the book make it interactive. I say this as someone who doesn't really write fantasy all that often, but I think it would be really cool. Maybe I'm spilling my secrets for whenever I decide to like whip up a fantasy novel. But what I would really like to see is an interactive map. At the front matter, you have like the overall world map. And then as the characters travel, they show the map again with like dotted lines to kind of show their trail or so or maybe they're on like a treasure hunt maybe they're on a treasure hunt or something and they have a map but they're trying to like decipher it and figure it out so maybe there is no map at the beginning but throughout the book like they show a blank map with like a little piece of it and then a few chapters later there's another little piece of it added i think that'd be really cool
0: i just invented something new that sounds ace i love every part of that i love amazing you could even do it so like at the end say there was like a natural disaster and there was like an earthquake and part of the land broke away you could then like them you know like oh or or like a volcano had completely destroyed an area you could show on the map that area that town city has gone yeah yeah okay everybody rachel has had the best idea if you use it i think you should give her credit because that is Loving good idea! I love it. Throw me in those dedications, <laughs> yes. Acknowledgments, <laughs> all the dedications to Rachel for that. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. In the acknowledgments,
1: you can give a shout out to the Mary Writer Podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, man. man,
0: that'd be so cool, though. Yeah, that would be. That would honestly, I would love that. Like every few ta- chapters, have like a page just before the chapter of the new map. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially if it's like a big area they're going. So you've got like the, the first map is like the home area of the group and then they're traveling to some area. All right, I'll tell you what, let's go to Lord of the Rings so they're in the Shire. So you've got a map of the Shire, and then the next map is actually like, oh, they <laughs> I can't think of where they go. Uh what's it? Just watch the movies too. It's, uh, oh, what's it called? The ferry. the it Brookleberry Ferry? I can't remember. It's been a long time, people. Like, like you know, the door yeah yeah like that. when they get to the Prancing Pony when they get yeah. to Rivendell and that you can have another see there's so much you could do oh my gosh Rachel oh my gosh like, we'll get to work on it Ari <laughs> you're the one that writes all the fantasies so get to work on it that's another procrastination for my writing I'm gonna be making maps instead of instead of writing and, and I writing. expect to see my name in the dedication <laughs> oh I would not been. your partner's absolutely not <laughs> mine <laughs> it'll be like all about rachel then and, and oh and my partner just yeah, exactly in at the end, in you know teeny, tiny font at the <laughs> yes. bottom of the page. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you'll be fine with that yeah no um good. i'm just going to throw in there is a software program you can use to make maps i haven't used it yet it's in my to use when i'm ready so i don't procrastinate and it's called in Inca- car ink spelt i n k arnott.com so uh, I don't know I think there might be like a free version for a little bit or paid versions go and check it out again there'll be a link down in the bottom in the description but yeah that's a good one if you aren't good at drawing your own maps and obviously there's some really cool people out there who you can commission to make maps because you want it to look really good so unless you're really good at drawing and artwork and, and making maps you know you might want to pass it on to somebody else and then put them in the copyright okay we're going to move on from maps and we're going to put in info and you're probably thinking geez more stuff in the front matter and obviously this is similar to the map it's not a requirement it's not it's just something you can add if you want to and if it adds to the the book again this is something i like i have read books or some of them i've started to read and then the book itself was too much where they've had information at the front. Now one of the ones I always remember is Kushal's Dart by Jacqueline Carey. I apologize if I am butchering any of that. She writes very high fantasy. It was very intense. I couldn't actually finish it because it was overwhelming with the names and the people. And despite the fact she did have at the front of her book the hierarchies and all the different people and the lands and everything. And it did help. It was still a bit too much for me, maybe because of when I was reading it, I just didn't have the brain focus for it. But I did find when I was reading it to be able to go back and figure out like who's connected to whom and in what land or court or whatever, it did help. And I've seen it with other things where it's land masses or it's royal hierarchies or maybe it's some sort of magical system so like if you've got a group of mages it'll say like who's the mage and who's the wizard and who's the sorcerer and it'll break it down so certain information where you're not having to massively info dump in the story but you can kind of thread information in and you've got this reference at the front can be quite useful info can also be pronunciation guides and again I've seen that at the back I prefer them at the front because I have not known they were at the back, gone all the way through the book, only to find out that in my head, I've been pronouncing the names wrong and that's now they have to stick because I didn't know they had a pronunciation guide. So put it in the front so people could tell how you're pronouncing things. But yes, that's the sort of thing you can put. Information about characters or lands. This is not for character profiles. It might just be like a family tree. It might be a hierarchy. It might be pronunciation guide. It might be information about the land might be some sort of like you know talking about a cataclysm or whatever there are different books that have it it's not necessary but if you think it might help or you think it might kind of add a little bit more to your book or make it easier when people are reading through the many characters if you have quite a lot try it try it and have a a see see if it works for you I agree I think those things should be in the front matter rather than the back because
1: then yeah you go through the entire book and you realize that you've been pronouncing everything wrong and Something else that I would love to see in the front when it comes to information is a glossary. I know glossaries are often found in back of the books because of like textbooks and things like that. And I have seen glossaries in like regular novels in the back of the book. But sometimes having the glossary in the front is also helpful because then that way, when you come across a word that you don't know, especially if it's made up, you're not jarred out of the story. You can say, oh. I recognize that word, I know it means something, let me go back and check on what it means real quick, or maybe you'll just already remember it if you have a good memory. One book that I really like, uh, he, I've talked about this before, the Warriors series by Aaron Hunter, it's a middle grade series about cats, and they have the hierarchies and a list of characters in the beginning of their books because the cats live in different clans, and each clan has a leader, a deputy, a medicine cat, warriors, queens, and apprentices, elders, and so on. So they list the cats' names like this is the leader of River Clan, this is the deputy of River Clan, and so on and so forth. And all like the side characters that they meet, whether they're strays that live in the forest that aren't part of a clan, or they're kitty pets, which are domesticated cats that live with humans they just list everybody so that way you know who's who when you're actually reading about the characters so I like having that and seeing where everybody is and how everything works and it's just it's just helpful in general and it I think it also helps with info dumping as well because I feel like that's something that authors have trouble with it's very easy to info dump especially if you're just creating something new and your readers don't know anything about it. At least if you have a map or this kind of information in the beginning of your book, you can say, okay, let's just get all this out of the way, here are all the characters and their roles, so that way when I'm just, when the character's introduced, you already know a little bit about them.
0: That's it. I have seen this become an issue, I think, I can't remember, it was ages ago, I saw something similar about putting info at the front and people are complaining that it's like oh well if you have to do that then you're not writing well and it's like to you people it can help different people some people need that reference some people like that reference some people it helps them as you said to stop info dumping now think about it say you had i'm always going to go with royals (laughs) so you have a royal family and you've got cast within that system and you've got hierarchies and you've got servants and you've got several different royal families because they're maybe at war or maybe you know maybe there's like um, alliances being made so you're trying to work out who is who's connected to whom how the how it's all working having it broken down rather than trying to explain you know the archduke of this land is marrying the first princess you know the crown princess of this land with this information these titles it can help I know there's always going to be someone out there who's like I don't think you need to do that well congratulations you don't need to do that with your book and if you don't like that don't read them don't read books with those in if it really bothers you but I don't think it should be this kind of like oh I don't think you should need that you should be able to write everything in your book and not have that well honestly if you're writing especially if you're writing like a high fantasy it can be helpful. And I would rather put it in there to help some readers, even if not all readers need it, than not put it in if I think it's gonna be useful. So that's just enough. And <laughs> again with the negative, like someone's gonna say something, just gonna no, say it. <laughs> but it's a good point though,
1: especially because the whole reason we write, like we, we should write for ourselves. Let me, let me say that. But if you're gonna publish your books, you wanna cater it to the readers. You wanna make something that readers want to read. And if you add that information in the beginning, sure, a reader can skip right over it if they feel like it. That's totally fine. But every reader is different. Some people read fast. Some people read slow. Some people comprehend what they read well. Others don't. So having that information at the beginning can be more accessible to a wider audience. That
0: is it, exactly. As I said in another podcast episode, I had an issue when I was younger that I struggled to read. And I didn't comprehend a lot of things. I got very, very stuck when I read and I couldn't always remember important points or characters or who was happening. And I would have to go back and reread huge chunks because it just wasn't going in. I am not like that anymore. I can comprehend a lot more and I can read through series and remember what happened in the first book. If I'm on book seven, it doesn't matter anymore. But I do remember having those issues and it did help if I had Something to refer to at the front, whether it's a glossary or a hierarchy or just information about lands that I had forgotten. It was nice to have that. So yeah, it's not. It is as you said. We should write for ourselves, and I am writing for the young me who struggled. And I think it should be accessible like that. So yeah, it's it's nice to think of other people and to realise, as you said, not everyone comprehends the same way. Not everyone remembers the same. And it just like like I said, I read that. I started to read that Kushal's Dart and it's one of very few books that I don't finish. And it was a good book. Mostly it was a little heavy and dry in some of the places, but it was mainly the bog down with the names and everything. And I just obviously didn't have the brain capacity for it. Whereas I know other people have read through it and it's really easy, but it definitely helped having that information at the front. So yeah, stick it in if you think it's going to help. Yeah, because I mean, the bottom line is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it
1: drink. So add it in. And if readers want to read it, they'll read it. If not, they can just skip over it. No biggie. Uh, With that said, I will go on to our final point. Don't worry, guys. Final point. We're almost through this. I think this will be a quick point because we just recently talked about trigger warnings in episode 101, uh, which released at the beginning of March. So if you haven't listened to that, Go ahead, like, you know, go back and listen to it. But trigger warnings is something else that we feel should be in the front matter. In our trigger warning episode, we did mention that we've seen authors write it in at the beginning of a chapter, depending on if something happens in that specific chapter. But it is nice to have trigger warnings at the beginning in the front matter. So that way, if somebody's browsing their local bookstore or the library, and they just happen to thumb through some of the pages and they see it right at the beginning and they know it's going to bother them, they can put it back and no harm done that's really all i got to say about that because we already talked about
0: it as rachel said this has been a very long episode but i think sorry we, no we covered some great things and we you know made people feel sad about the fact that you know your relationship might end so don't put the dedication to the fault i mean really? you guys like us rambling on and on anyway right that's why you listen to us we're still going up in our subscription number so it feels like yes <laughs> well don't stop now people Okay, let's do a quick recap. Things to include at the front matter. Copyright notice, very important. That's the one you make sure is definitely in the book. Acknowledgements, dedications, map, if it works for your stroke. Uh, any info that you think might help the reader. And obviously trigger warnings, which we have mentioned in another episode, so go and listen to that. Okay, let's turn it over to you guys. Have you put any thought into what you'll be adding to your front matter? Is it what we've mentioned? Is it something we didn't mention? We'd love to chat about it, so tell us your answer in the comments below. If you want more of The Merry Writer Podcast, then be sure to follow us on Podbean, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for as little as $1 a month, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Merry Writer Podcast for bonus content. It helps to keep our show going, so we really do appreciate the support. In the meantime, tune in every Wednesday for a new episode of The Merry Writer Podcast, where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye! Hi! This podcast is brought to you by Scraps of Paper. We have notes everywhere. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.